0: The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we
1: go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just
2: got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh, they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot.
0: What's up, the generation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the weekend college basketball betting preview. I'm stuck in joining me, as always, are Mike Calabrese and Mike Randall. A lot to get to. We will preview the weekend, a little rapid fire. We will have our futures roundtable add to the portfolio as we do each and every Thursday night. But first, let's talk a little week that was, or you can go even go back to last weekend. Key takeaways, a rant, wherever you wanna go with it. Randall, uh, I will throw it to you. What do you got uh, one or two things from the week that was?
2: Remember, this is a safe space. You know what pisses me off most of all?
0: Okay, you're ranting now, babe.
2: Yeah, I'm ranting, why not? Got to let it out somehow. The SEC is the best conference in college basketball. I do not want to hear about the Big 12. We know Kansas isn't the level that it normally is, and they do have some solid teams there. But the SEC with Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, those teams are legit national champion contenders. We have bashed Tennessee for years. Folks, Dalton Connect is the real deal. He's the missing link if you go back to wrestling. People remember that type of wrestler. He is the scorer that they need. Every team that has a coach that has sustained success eventually gets over the hump. Rick Barnes has been to a Final Four, but he's been highly criticized at Tennessee. Kentucky, we keep waiting for the regression. Stuckey, they showed out big time in the Texas A&M game. I got it at two and a half. I thought I was going to take it home, but we got the foul call at the end of the game. And then it goes to overtime. I love the SEC. I view conferences as how many teams can legitimately win the national title. And I'm telling you right now, the SEC has three legit at the top. I love SEC basketball. Ken Palm has them third. They're better than the Big East. I like them better than the Big 12. The SEC is back and they are for real.
0: Yeah, I think you could argue that the SEC has the most teams that have legit chance of cutting down the nets. I think the Big Twelve is still deeper, just because the the bottom half of the SEC uh is leaves a little bit to be desired. But yeah, if you look at, you know, how Auburn has played, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, uh I I yeah, but at the top of that conference is as strong as you're gonna find. Anywhere in college basketball, I will talk some more about that in my future. I have a little, little teaser. I have something with the SEC and Calvins. Before I throw it to you, the Big East. We need to do something about this. There was, uh, you know, I I had a tweet that said, if Florida State makes the college football playoff, uh, I will bet DePaul every game for the rest of the year. That's how confident I was. Thank God. <laughs> that Florida State did not make the College Football Playoff. I mean, where is the bottom? I don't. Where is the bottom for DePaul? I don't even look. I, I don't like if I if I show value in DePaul. I don't care. I'm not betting them. I mean, they lost. Here are their recent losses: eighty four to fifty eight to Creighton, ninety four to sixty nine to Villanova, hundred to sixty two at home to Providence. I, I mean, this team. Is dreadful, but I mean, they're outside. They're, I think they're about outside the top 300 by some uh advanced metric sites. That's right around where I have them. I, I mean, we have to come up with some sort of relegation system. Like, DePaul needs to be in you know, at least put him in the Sun belt. Like, it just makes Big East. Oh, oh, you gotta buy, you gotta buy on Tuesday night against DePaul. Uh, an absolutely miserable miserable team they're just losing by hey teams in in you know power conference league shouldn't be losing by 40 to 50 every game it's ridiculous anyway that's my rant uh what do you got I mean I agree
1: not just this season but like every once in a while DePaul should be good just based on geography I understand that they don't have a lot of buy-in from you know the university and resources and yada 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 Hit on two second or third tier kids out of the Chicagoland area once a decade? Like, what is it going to take just to go 20 and 11 and make the tournament and get bounced in the round of 64? That's all that Blue Demon fans are looking for. We're not asking for much from the bottom of the Big East, but I, I agree with you. It is
0: insane. They're looking to be like Northwestern. Like, yeah, I, which is I, Northwestern now. Northwestern fans are happy. They, you know, they're going to make the tournament. Uh, they're competitive. I mean, DePaul is just. Uh, they're just an uncompetitive I mean you look at their roster it is horrendous but what do you got from this week so Randall at the top
1: was basically talking about the power rankings of you know the the best conferences in America at this point forget about conferences like there's only really two teams that I feel like have separated themselves at this point in Purdue and UConn and what that's done is it's opened up this Basically, this logjam of teams in the like 10 to 25 unranked range of the AP Top 25. And as someone who loves mid-major basketball, I was just hoping that somebody could start to emerge and pick up some steam. And I think we have two right now. We've talked about these teams. Dayton, I think at this point, they've shown that they've gotten over their injury in their backcourt. They're cobbling together the guard play. And it's enough around Holmes because he's playing at a superhuman level level the 20th in shooting efficiency they rarely turn the ball over and they don't foul teams i love that mix where it's like if you're going to beat them you have to really earn it they're not just going to send you to the line and then the second team i know you're going to love this stuck new mexico this is it either bandwagon or we're closing the doors and this is an express train to the elite eight they're 61st in ken Palm offense 28th in defense and eighth in tempo and they force turnovers on nearly 20 percent of opponent possessions which is 23rd nationally I'm in love with this team. I would argue that their starting five—Dent, House, Mashburn, Nelly Jr., Joseph, and Toppin—when those five guys are on the court, I'm not sure there's many teams in the entire country that can beat them. Obviously, you know there's depth issues, and when you get into you know postseason run and tournament runs, you're you're going to need to be able to rely on some rotational guys. But just those five when they're clicking. I'm in love with this team. I think it is ridiculous right now that Bracket Matrix has them basically on the cut line and, you know, they're kind of a bubble team. I think they can play their way up to, let's say, like a six or a seventh if they go ahead and win, you know, the Mountain West. And if they do so, I would love to have just about any number on the Lobos. So I'm going to kick it to you because you've been basically the, the leader of this band for the entire season. But I think people are starting to learn after that Utah State, you know, dominating win.
0: Yeah, dominated San Diego State, Utah State, um, back-to-back games. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, is that, I mean, I guess with, you know, I mean, they don't have any bad losses, um, which is good for the tournament. They've lost to St. Mary's on the road, Colorado State on the road, and then UNLV on the road. And their analytical profile doesn't, you know, account for the fact that they, most of the year so far, majority of the season, they haven't had everyone together. Um, You know, all of their guards playing at the same time and yeah the one thing and, and we talked about some of their freshmen that i think are also going to get better over time the one thing that can really derail them cuz i agree they're like the the uh the mid major that i'm going to be circling that just has the guard play and the scoring that can make a a, a run just from a talent perspective the one thing that can derail them is jalen house is unbelievable to watch but he's so he's kind of like the Um, you know, he's their lifeblood, but he's so aggressive, which is, you know, also the best part about it. But if he gets in foul trouble, uh, um, which he can at times, then, you know, it's, it's a one and done tournament that that can really hurt them. But yeah, I agree on the talent, uh, of New Mexico all aboard, uh, the Lobo bandwagon. One, the tick one takeaway that I have for this week, I'll say related to our, Futures portfolio, Texas A and I'm glad that we like. I know that they lost to the corpse of Arkansas. Coleman didn't play, and but we he needs to he needs to play Texas A and And again, they shot what six of thirty from three. But I'm happy with having them fourteen to one to make the final four. You know, they just still need another big to play with um, Coleman, and they they're missing like just a a really good wing defender. But with Coleman back in the lineup, I don't think they think so. There's, there's, they have a couple flaws and they can't really shoot. So I don't think they have national title, uh, ceiling. But Wade Taylor can drag them to a Final Four. You know, especially if the if the, you know, if it, if you get the the path breaks right. I mean, he almost single handedly beat Arkansas on the road. He dropped forty one. You saw him late against Kentucky. You saw him drop thirty five against Houston. So I'm I'm excited to watch him. In the dance uh so yeah that i mean just get in have the path break a little right and he's the type of guard that can just drag you to three or four wins but let's speaking of futures good transition before we get to the weekend let's talk a little futures portfolio we have so far we have houston to win the big 12 regular season they they were actually not they were not the favorite and we bet them they're now the favorite uh, even though they dropped two games um, and then we have Texas A and M fourteen to one to make the final four let's go to this week everyone brings their case to the table and then we vote on it Randall I will throw it to you uh, my only rule is that. It cannot involve DePaul.
2: Well, I was talking to Mike about this before we started, Stuck. I am the kiss of death. So let's recap how I've done here with the futures. (laughs) First, I bring Miami, and they end up losing the next game. Now No Poplar; that's fine. But then they lose to Louisville with a walk-on starting. Last week, I had the brilliant move of bringing UMass, who then lost two games. Yes, no Mac Cross against Loyola Chicago, but certainly that didn't look good. So whoever I say Stuck is going to end up Jinxing them moving forward. So, with that in mind, take it with a grain of salt. But how about Wisconsin at plus nine hundred to make the Final Four? I am convinced, guys, that we have now gotten to the point where we are undervaluing good chemistry, camaraderie, solid teams that don't play the most exciting style. I.e., Wisconsin. I.e., Tennessee. Wisconsin has the type of team with the development of AJ store, who's a phenomenal explosive player for them and has gone for 17, 14, 23 in the last three games, that this is the type of team that can make a run in March. Why? No one's going to pick them first. It's the big 10 and to everyone, it's Purdue and essentially no one else. Then you have Wisconsin who plays a style that does not relate to the most of the country. They want the explosion. Well, they're great on offense, efficient, top six in Kempom. They're great on defense, top 40. They're fantastic on the defensive boards. They make their free throws, and they have a developing explosive player in store who can get to the basket and do some of the things that they struggle to do. Wisconsin right now is 5-1. and one. They're coming off a loss to Penn State. So right now is the time to buy. I think they're going to destroy Indiana on Friday. Then Minnesota, Michigan State at home. All of these things, they already beat Michigan State away by 13. I'm getting them right now at plus 900 to make the Final Four. I am convinced that this could be the year for the Tennessees and the Wisconsins to make it far in the tournament because no one ever likes them to do so.
0: Tyler Wall also started to make his uh, free throws which um is important and like it it looks like just more confident to get there's been times in the past in recent seasons when he just and and that's going to cost you in a big game but you're right store who i didn't know how that was going to play out but they really needed a guy like that it just didn't seem like a fit for you know i was like wow the the st john's kick on to wisconsin it's like the um you know those are like the polar opposite programs of how they've played over you know the past couple years but that it's it's worked out for sure and and they they need his explosiveness and he's the type of guy that when you go through some droughts that he can carry you through those and Uh, stuck
2: speaking of which you want to have some fun any night wisconsin plays try to hit a tyler wall over in his points because it's always around 10 and a half 11 and a half and this guy finds a way to get right to that number last three games 11 11 and 11 so if you're into pain bet a tyler wall over either way it's fun
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember last year he could, yeah, he's, it, he's got a little better, but he couldn't finish for anything. He looked like he lost his confidence and you yeah, Max Klezman is playing really well lately as well for them. Uh, Calvary's. What do you got?
1: I like that we're going off the board with the arguably the least sexy top 25 team. Cause I don't think we can wait any longer. I think this number is going to hang around for maybe four or five more days the team that's leading the nation in points that's Big Blue Nation 10th in shooting efficiency Kentucky 20 to1 to win the national title. I just don't think we can sit on the sideline anymore with this team and what's interesting to me having a 20 to1 ticket I know exactly the formula to beat Kentucky so I think I I have a feel for when I need to hedge out of the position if they run into an elite offensive rebounding team like Houston or Arizona or Yukon they're in trouble. But I think it's worth noting, they gave up 25 offensive boards to a and and they still took it to overtime. So you can take advantage of their clear weakness and still lose to the Wildcats, or at least find yourself in you know a, a one-possession game down the stretch. I like everything about the roster. I like everything about the way that this, this offense is dynamic. It's not dependent on one player. And I still think there's room to grow. They're not going to all of a sudden be a top 100 rebounding team, but I think there's incremental change they can make. And some, you know, team defense decisions that they can make to get a little bit better. Because if they do, I think this offense is enough to carry them at least to the final four. And like I said, when I'm looking at the full landscape, 20 to one just seems inflated to me. And it's available at multiple books right now. It's not just one, you know, sweet number at one shop that's hanging a stale number. Kentucky, I think this is the time to buy.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to make an executive decision here. And I'm going to say, Randall, your pick. We're gonna put on the back burner until you show that uh, we, you know, a team that you pick and win a game, and <laughs> you pick them. Uh, and but you're gonna pick between. It's gonna just come down to your vote between mine and Calvary's because I have the same team, but in a different uh, a different bet. So I'll make my case, and then Randall, you're gonna be the one to decide what we add. So, uh, Kentucky right now, the SEC regular season champ. It. Odds: Auburn plus one hundred and eighty, Alabama plus two hundred and ten, Tennessee plus two hundred and fifty, Kentucky plus five hundred, and you know then you have like A Mississippi State, basically a four team race. So if you look at the SEC standings right now, and this this whole also adds into Calibre's pick because that we we know who you know we really know who Tennessee is, and you know they're. Uh, you know, an older team, Kentucky still has a lot of upside. So like, uh, you know, they, I think that, you know, come March, February, I think they, they're only going to continue to get better, but if you look at the SEC standings right now, in case, you know, someone's listening to this, uh, you have Auburn and Alabama at the top of four and out, then Tennessee and Kentucky are three and one. Yeah. Georgia and LSU are also three and one, but they're, they're not winning. Sorry to any Georgia and LSU fans. Um, So Auburn-Alabama, a game ahead, but Auburn-Alabama played the two easiest SEC schedules so far. I mean, Auburn just played, you know, they played the Corps of Arkansas, LSU, Vanderbilt. Alabama has played Mississippi State. That's a good win, but Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. So, I mean, if you look at their upcoming schedule, Alabama has on the road at Tennessee, then they're home against Auburn. They still play Auburn two more times. Uh, they're at Kentucky and they're only meeting now Kentucky does have to go to Auburn, but just the way the schedule breaks and, you know, Kentucky's played you know, a tougher schedule so far. They played, you know, at Florida, they played at Texas A&M, they played Mississippi state, upcoming Kentucky schedule, you know, all you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, they all play each other in the next week. So there's going to be just losses. There has to be Kentucky home against Georgia at South Carolina, at Arkansas home against Florida and then they're home against Tennessee. And they actually I mean if you remember last year that Tennessee defense they're so uh you know so disciplined and structured in what they do and they're so good but Kentucky just with their pure talent and how they can create in isolation they just match up really well with Tennessee. I think they swept them last year. It was a much worse Kentucky team. So they have that going for them as well. But I, I, so I think this is the time to buy it. So like, I don't, I, this will be the last time for Kentucky to win. Yes. See, with their schedule coming up, I think plus 500 is the lowest that we're going to get. And we talked about this. Like, I don't, I still don't believe in the, in the Alabama defense and everyone has, you know, they're an analytical darling to Dave here. Here's who they beat. Since losing three straight, they lost to Purdue, Creighton, Arizona, three really good teams. But remember, they lost at home to Clemson. They lost at a neutral Ohio State. They've won six in a row. They beat Eastern Kentucky, Liberty, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Missouri. Like, color me not impressed. Auburn, you know, who, you know they lost since losing to App State. They beat Indiana, UNC Asheville, USC, Alabama State, Chattanooga, Penn, Arkansas, Texas A&M, LSU, and Vandy, like, wh- where are the impressive wins? I-, I think both teams are good, but I think that this is probably the top of the market on both. Their schedules are going to get much harder now. I think Tennessee and Kentucky – I think it's either going to be Tennessee or Kentucky, but you're getting a much better price with Kentucky. It matches up pretty well with Tennessee. So I think this is the time to buy Kentucky to win the SEC. So uh, – and, and for both of our bets, I think Kentucky is the most likely – team of the top of the sec to just continue to get better right from the version that we see now could be even better come march come you know in a game at tennessee that could decide this in the sec regular season finale uh so that's my case kentucky to win the sec regular season plus 500 and calvary's kentucky to win the national title randall where are we going uh i don't have any issues with either and why
2: yeah, they're both great picks. I'm going to go big or go home. I agree with Calabrese here. I For all the reasons you said, Stuck, I don't think we're going to get a better number in Kentucky. And remember, Kentucky has done better in the in the postseason tournament. They got to the Elite Eight. They lost by two North Carolina. So as much as Calipari has struggled, this is the team that he has to make a run. The reason I'm i'm shying away from your stuck is of course i don't want to lose to tennessee by one game and the last game of the year which is going to loom large is tennessee at home against kentucky if that if the sec title's on the line that is a heavy ask for kentucky to go win that game so i'm going to take the future with calabrese to win the title i agree with him it's a great call mike we're not getting plus two thousand ever again so i'm taking them here let's roll baby
0: all right, yeah, let's do it. Uh I'm all on board with that. It would be great for uh Weiss Bars here, Lexington in general. So and we need we need a national title future. We don't have one yet. We have a Final 4, a Big 12, and now we'll add Kentucky. So futures po- portfolio update, Kentucky 20 to 1 to win the national title, Houston to win the Big 12 and Texas A&M to make the Final 4. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming, terms conditions apply, must be 21 or older, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now, a quick word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farmed farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Are you too sad from betting wild card weekend underdogs to leave your house? No problem. With HelloFresh, you skip trips to the grocery store, and unlike betting unders, they make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why they're America's number one meal kit. This time of year, everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits. Look to HelloFresh's wholesome options every week, like their protein-smart recipes each week, People say a lot of things, but we know two things are always true. First, is you can't rely on the passing game in windy conditions. Second, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And HelloFresh agrees with both of these. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. So go to HelloFresh.com slash BBOC free. And use code BBOC free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com BBOC free with code BBOC free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, good stuff there. Let's get to the weekend. Uh, we can. You can go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We will go around the horn until each person is out uh, of picks. I'm gonna. I'll throw out one for Sunday to get things started. I'm gonna be looking for Tulane at home against Memphis. Memphis is. I, I mean, look, Memphis has been great. They've won a ton of close games. They absolutely. I mean, there's some shooting rush. They're shooting like 46% in conference. But that game against Wichita State was ridiculous think they made 23s but Tulane does not turn it over very good against the press those are two keys against Memphis and Memphis their zone numbers are bad you're going to see a ton of zone against Tulane with Ron Hunter's matchup zone um they run zone at one of the highest rates in the country so I think it's a good matchup good opportunity to buy Tulane pending on what happens tonight I'm assuming you know unless you know maybe if Memphis loses the South Florida or Uh, I I was happy that Tulane for the spot lost last night to UAB, but I think this could be a time to sell Memphis and buy Tulane. Pretty good schematic matchup for the Green Wave. Brees, I'll throw it to you. What do you got?
1: I'm going to go Friday night. Quinnipiac is going to Siena. I like Siena catching eights. At least that's the Torvik projection. The Bobcats are second in the Ken Palm luck rankings this season, but really this play has very little to do with Quinnipiac has everything to do with Sienna. Despite an ugly three and 13 straight up record, they've been way more competitive as of late. They're four and one against the spread in their last five with an outright upset on the road against Niagara in their last game. And the whole reason is Sean Duru Gordon. This guy comes in and is averaging 26 and nine on 36% shooting from three point range. Since he's shown up on December 19th, they're four and two against the closing number. He is arguably the best scorer in the entire conference. And all of a sudden you're putting him on a team that the public has still not caught up to. Oddsmakers still haven't you know, figured this out in terms of their power rankings. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. I'm hoping to get eight. I I'd play it probably down to six and a half, but I think they're going to be feisty in this game. You certainly saw it in the last one against Niagara.
0: All right, so we got a Friday, some Friday and Sunday action, which is nice. Uh, Randall, what do you got?
2: Yeah, we're going to start on Friday here. Indiana stinks. They have played Indiana, their road games this year. They played Michigan one by three. That's more about Michigan than anything else. Went to Nebraska, gave up 86 and lost by 16. Then they go to Rutgers, not a a vintage Rutgers team, who, by the way, escaped with a cover last night because Gary got hurt. They went to overtime against Nebraska. Nine points they lose. Now they're facing Wisconsin, who's coming off a loss at Penn State. Indiana, Xavier Johnson isn't even starting anymore. The bigs are going against Wisconsin. They are not going to be able to push anyone around here on the road. I already told you how much I love Wisconsin. Indiana 8-10 and 10 against the spread this year. Wisconsin 10-7. and seven. It's just a terrible spot. Wisconsin is good. They're coming off a loss. They're home. Indiana with the bigs, just not competing, didn't do anything against Purdue, never made that game even close, even though it's a rivalry and it's home. I'm done with Indiana. Give me Wisconsin laying the points. It looks like he's going to be 13. I'm fine with that. I think it's a big Wisconsin win here against an inferior Indiana team.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, does Xavier Johnson make it to the end of the year on this team is the question. Um, Yeah, the the guard play for Indiana, um, because it's, and it's, it's sad because like their, their bigs have a lot of potential, but they just, you know, the guards, um, you can only do so much with your interior play. Um, and, you know, Johnson when healthy and right in the past, like his dribble creation and uh, would have been helpful, but they'd still be lacking on the perimeter. Um, so yeah, this team is leaves a lot to be desired. I uh, I have a couple I'll mention for – we got some, some revenge. Did you have UNCW circled, Randall?
2: Uh, I did, sir, but feel free.
0: Go ahead. I'll let you mention them. I'll, I'll add on. Uh, how about Seattle um, against Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon's been on a roll. I think they've won like 15 straight. They're going to go to Seattle. I'm assuming – now there's a caveat here. I'm assuming Grand Canyon's going to win tonight. We're recording this on Thursday night, and Seattle is going to lose. They could win, but bad matchup. Cam Tyson has to be back for them. So I, he's he was hurt. I don't know if he's going to play tonight or not. I haven't seen. If he does play, it's a really good matchup for Seattle. They swept Grand Canyon last year in the regular season. One of the games was out, Grigsby, who's no longer on the team. But Cam Tyson just went nuts. Shoemaker can match up with Harrison. And they, Seattle, you know, very good defense, especially in the interior, really good interior defense. They also have Shoemaker is a really good on-ball defender who can kind of neutralize Harrison, who's the engine of that offense. And then they defensive rebound really well. And that's, you have to do that against Grand Canyon. So really good matchup. They showed that last year and then they played in the conference tournament and Grand Canyon knocked them off in a really close game. So conference tournament revenge, really good matchup. Might get a good number here with a home dog, but Cam Tyson has to be back. So keep an eye on the app. Uh, if he's back tonight, I want to see how he looks. If not, you know, it's an ankle injury. I want to wait on news to see if he's back. But I had Seattle circled um, for a nice little conference tournament revenge spot. Calgary's.
1: And just a heads up for anyone who has not watched Cam Tyson play, he is. Some of my favorite stat lines in all of college basketball. He had a game, I'm just looking at it now, where he attempted 14 threes and had zero assists. He is a starting guard. He is allowed to pass it to other people on his team. But he'll put up, I mean, as Stuck said, if he's healthy, he'll put up 20, 25 shots in this game, try to will them to victory.
0: Um, yeah, like I think he dropped 32 and 27 against uh, against Grand Canyon last year. And now about Cruz, Like they don't have, once he's out, their depth, and just the scoring punch from the perimeter. It's just not there. I mean, I think they lost to uh Rio Grande um without him last game. Uh so yeah, he's he's important, but yeah, he he can fill it up, especially if he's on. But what do you got?
1: Uh, this is a shout-out to one of our followers, gambling man Kenny Savage. He wanted I to know
0: who, who was gonna go problems. ahead
1: and get uh that first win, Mississippi Valley State or detroit mercy i like detroit mercy plus 14 and a half against Youngstown. it should have been detroit they were have, yeah, i didn't watch had, that of that
0: game they, 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 they yeah, were in like double up, overtime but they were up like I, I saw the last i checked they were like up 10 with four to go or something and i was like but, wow detroit's gonna win the game i think it was over the weekend right and i was distracted by uh nfl i forget when that game was whatever i was attracted by something and then i look back and i'm like oh my god they're in overtime they're definitely not they're 100 not winning now um i forget
1: the, the headline is jaden stone is back you got marcus tankersley filling in as that second you know the robin to his batman Th- this is a two-man team but it's enough it's enough to for the two of them to score 60 points on any given night between them so Basically, at this point, Torvik has it. Detroit Mercy plus 14 and a half. Anything over 12, I'm going to go ahead and ride with the Titans against the Penguins.
0: Are you saying Detroit has Batman and Robin on their team? Uh, The (laughs) 0-19 Titans? Yeah, uh, they are at home, which is nice. They're still fighting for a win. I mean, they lost by five at Northern Kentucky. So I don't think there's any risk of like, you know, if they were headed on the road now and that game happened at home like, Detroit's not playing for anything other than like get a win now and then it's the conference tournament but they're coming home now um because it's like oh my God now we're and 19 and we lost that game so uh I don't think there's any risk of that here but uh I mean can they make can they make a three I mean I I they they cannot they cannot shoot elect I want to see if they have anyone do they have anyone over 30 percent probably Stone. Yeah, Stone's got to be over 30%. 33%. That's it. I mean, they have their shooting is abysmal. uh Randall at, at Triple Revenge Seahawks.
2: Yeah, let's do it, my friend. Last year, folks, UNC Wilmington versus Charleston starts the year 14 and 3. Wilmington does 4 and 0 here in the CAA lose 7169 at home to Charleston. Then goes to Charleston a month later gets their doors blown off 9361. Look who they see in the CAA fi- CAA finals conference tournament Charleston. They are winning that game stuck by 8 with about 6 minutes left to go and then they self-destruct just a disappointing loss 17 turnovers. Now they're going to be hosting Charleston and what's interesting here both teams play tonight. Wilmington against Elon. Please don't give me a sleepy spot because I took them. And on the other side, you're going to have Charleston playing Towson at home. Charleston should come into this game on a 10-game winning streak, a perfect 5-0 in the CAA, and then they're going to Wilmington. I am taking the Seahawks here with Takeo Siddle and this great team. Big win at Kentucky. They've struggled a little bit in a couple spots, but they're talented. They've been circling this game on the calendar. The triple loss last year – on the road, giving Wilmington with the revenge against Charleston.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like it. Also, there's some – I think that – I mean, the rebounding is going to be a concern. They're a smaller team, but um, I, I have this spot circled as well. I think that they can have some success in transition, pick and roll. They, they, Charleston forced you to work in isolation, which UNCW is more than capable of doing. And you want to talk about shooting regression in – conference play right now and by the way I mean if both teams win tonight it'd be a huge game for UNC Wilmington maybe three and two Charleston would be five and oh I mean just a a massive game for the conference standings but in conference play UNC Wilmington shooting 22 percent from three that's dead last in the conference while teams are shooting 40 percent that's dead last in the conference so they have some shooting regression coming their way I had that spot circled as well
2: and the other thing stuck is I think Wellington has fixed their turnover problems. They're second best in the country in offensive turnover percentage. So I don't think they're going to fall prey to what happened last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go, let's go way off the beaten path. Uh, let's go to the me, the Miak. Since you mentioned some triple revenge last year, Howard made the NCAA tournament um, and got demolished by Kansas. But in route, they triple swept uh Norfolk State and they played a very bizarre game at the at the end of the year they played uh and they blew out Norfolk State. but then they played them in the conference tournament they won by one on a late foul and earlier in the season, they won by two in a game where Norfolk Norfolk lost because they celebrated too early wild game uh and then they ended up losing by two so they got triple swept in that game ultimately you know including the conference championship kept them out of the tournament this howard team now they have some injuries like like uh let me see who hasn't played in a while i and trying to get injury updates on howard whoo good luck uh but Shi odom is their best player I, you know he hasn't had a great year but super talented Seth Towns, for anyone who knows Seth Towns, has been in the college basketball for like 12 years. He's still on the team. But Jelani Williams has been hurt. Uh, I don't know if those guys are going to play. And it's a different Norfolk State team as well. But Norfolk State, they Robert Jones, they play his amoeba zone. Howard has been good against zone last year, miserable against the zone. Norfolk State wants to run, get out and transition. Howard's transition defense has been horrendous so uh you know both teams are gonna there's gonna be a bunch of turnovers and fouls in this game Miak ball uh but i think norfolk state matches up well schematically these are these are different teams bryant is no longer there for norfolk state so pr- different roster construction and last year i thought howard matched up pretty well with norfolk state even though they got lucky in two of the wins this year not so much the injuries are a factor for Howard. They could be down to other better players again. They haven't played since the you know January 13th. They played a game in the middle against Morehouse. Um, and they've also only beat, I mean, their last three games, they beat South Carolina State by four, Maryland Eastern Shore by 11, and then Morehouse by six. But their injuries, they have not been playing well. And they just do not defend at all, especially in transition where I think Norfolk State can eat. So I think you get Norfolk State's, Best effort here, some revenge from last year. and I think it's just a good schematic matchup. So uh, I will be looking to back the Spartans and Robert Jones. Cabris, anything else?
1: Shout out Seth Towns. I think he's the only college basketball player currently still eligible that has the same body issues that uh, dad in his late 30s like myself have. Just like walking around the house carrying two kids. My back hurts. My knee hurts. I feel like he probably wakes up feeling the same way um I'm gonna go ahead and close this out going from a Detroit Mercy play to the number one team in the country UConn if I can get them at four or better at Nova claims back they've been reliable on the road recently they covered at Butler they covered at Xavier Villanova meanwhile hammered by St. John's and Marquette a one-point win over Xavier an overtime win over Creighton I feel like either of those games had gone against them the perception of them kind of treading water a little bit would be closer to the season being on the brink. And I still don't trust their shooting. They're 256th in team shooting percentage. And I don't think you can beat decisively or even really hang around with the UConn team shooting the way that they do. And really the best thing that Nova does is defensive rebounding. And they're going to be tested in this team by a top 10 offensive rebounding squad in UConn. And as I mentioned, Klingon being back Not his first game back, but his second. I think you'll see his minutes tick up just a little bit and be more impactful in a game like this. So I'll go ahead and take the Huskies, as I said, laying up to, we'll call it four.
0: Yeah, healthy UConn, uh, no matter what futures that we have. I mean, I I doubt we're ever going to see. We had UConn last year. We're never going to see enough value to bet on UConn. But uh, they're going to be a problem. So someone's got that defensive performance last night uh, against Creighton was super impressive. Uh, So when they're healthy, you know, it's not gonna be easy to take out the champ for sure. Uh, Randall.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna continue fading these teams that are overly reliant on the three pointer stuck. We've talked about Creighton. That was an easy cover by Connecticut last night. They just go to the basket to kick out. I mean, they have no interior game whatsoever. And if you have somebody who can match up with Colt Brenner, they're really gonna struggle. You mentioned this team earlier, Alabama is not going to Tennessee and winning on Saturday, especially with Auburn on the horizon at home on Wednesday. Tennessee is the better team. Alabama's on fraud alert for me, much like Creighton. You want to beat Eastern Kentucky, Liberty, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Missouri, by all means, go ahead. Now you're going on the road against Tennessee, who has a player like Connect who can go for 30, a defense that's going to lock you down on the interior, great on the offensive boards. I don't believe in Bama. Nate Oats may have to push connect into the, into the bench in order to keep them from, from stopping him. So I like Tennessee. It's going to be about four. I'm laying it. I think it's going to mimic stuck the game we saw last night with Connecticut and Creighton where Tennessee is comfortable the entire time and wins in covers.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alabama wants to get, you know, get to the rim, shoot threes and you're not going to find too many better, interior defenses, uh, that can also defend the perimeter. So yeah, this one, uh, thanks for losing all of our Alabama, our, the, our listeners in Alabama. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, you saw a little bit of a lull with Tennessee after connect was injured and he just wasn't healthy. And you saw that from his production. Uh, I mean, he's back his last three games, 28, 36 and 39. And you said it like that's who they need that guy who can take over and just go and it's actually pretty crazy because like you, you see these guys who are, you know, connect came from northern Colorado and he obviously, you know, could fill it up there, but then you see them go to a power and you never know how it's going to translate. Like sometimes it's so that you know when you're taking a step up in class, it's just not the same right it's easier it's worked with connect and now he's like, he's going to get like NBA looks um, with the way that he could score at this level. Uh, I don't think anyone could have envisioned this jump and leap uh, to where he's a guy dropping, you know, 30, 30, 36, 39 and back to back to back SEC games. So he looks fully back and healthy. I agree. I Tennessee circled. Uh,
2: let me see what else I had out here. Um, I stuck to that point. I can't think of a player who's transferred up and had a bigger success recently than connect. I mean, everybody talked about Max Acemas. He was the one we were talking about coming into the season. He finally had a good game the other night, but he has struggled, but connect has been dominant. I can't remember a player in a long time coming up and being this dominant on his new team. When you transfer from a small school to to a, a main school, power five school.
1: Speaking of yeah. transfers in that game, by the way, I'm going to circle a live play. If Estrada gets in foul trouble for Bama, I think they could get boat raced in that game. Like if he goes to the bench in the first 10 minutes with two fouls, I think I'm going to hammer an alternate, you know, live line if I can get it because I don't think they have any chance unless he scores 25 in this game because their front court isn't scoring much to begin with between Nelson and Pringle. So he has to play hero ball and try to match connect. So that's just something in terms of like every once in a while, I like to have those little alarms set for foul trouble for, you know, a guy who's an offensive engine.
2: Interesting yep. point here. Uh, Calabrese, the, the school I used to work at Creskill went to the state finals here in New Jersey for small schools. They ended up playing a school to- called Woodbury. We were up eight with about two minutes left. And then a, a player by the name of Aaron Estrada took the game over down in Rutgers and we lost the state finals. So I'm familiar with Aaron Estrada. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, he can, he can certainly go off. Uh, by the way, yeah, I mean, Ace Miss has been has been good offensively. He shot well, lacking in perimeter defense. Um, Texas, I mean, they lose at West Virginia, and then come home and lose to UCF. <laughs> uh, what is what like? For, uh, first of all, Rodney Terry. Uh, Oh, do what, what,
1: what a clown. Down. Like can we all just do the rants on that? Like you don't get to pretend that people can't like you you do this to They're celebrate. Kids. They're kids. they So people can do this to celebrate in the opposite direction. It's not this is so soft and it also brings out of me this is one of my hotter takes. I don't think we should be doing uh, handshake lines in college basketball or the pros or whatever. Any sport where you physically can't beat each other up. I think it's always it ends up just ending badly. Like <laughs> hockey it's perfect because if you don't respect your opponent, they will literally just knock your teeth out in the next game. And football it's like every single play you're risking injury. But basketball it's just like all these fake tough guys and the coaches are fake tough guys like enough of this crap.
0: Yeah, I my my uh shout out uh to my friend Jordan Majeski. Uh his good great stuff uh on college basketball. Check him out if you haven't. On Twitter at Jor Cubs Dam, I remember reading something he was like last year. He said Texas is playing so well that they're going to end up uh, signing. He probably doesn't even remember saying this, but uh, I just remember random things. But he was like Texas is playing so well right now, or something along those lines that they're going to end up signing Rodney Terry to uh, a long-term contract and regret it in eight months. They, yeah, it's certainly true right now. Um, but Tyrese Hunter what has happened with Tyree he just looks uh, this is a guy that he tested the waters in the NBA super talented kid he had four points against West Virginia seven against UCF got 11 points in 50 minutes um look standing around um he had he has the keys to this offense and he just continues to just drive the car into a lake. I I don't know what is, I don't know what's going on with him um, or this team. Like their perimeter D has issues. So now they're going to play Baylor. Uh, Baylor's D has issues as well. I mean, if there's ever a get right spot, I don't know if I can put my money behind Texas right now, but it would be at home against Baylor. Um, I'll, I'll throw out a couple more. You want to get real scary and bet a shitty team. I might look at Mercer against Sanford. Um, you know, Sanford has been absolutely on fire. Oh, don't s-
2: don't bring up. I'm sorry. Don't bring up a chore. A chore having 17 combined three pointers in two years, and then against Western Carolina, he pumps in 34. He's five and nine. I'm sorry, you hit a nerve here. Please,
0: I'm not betting Sanford. Relax. I'm going to be with. You. I'm, I'm favoring <laughs> Sanford. So they, yes. but big game. They beat Western Carolina on the road. They now have the nation's longest win streak at 16. Um, but, I mean, if you dig into it, uh, the uh, best win besides Western Carolina was, I, I don't know, Delmont. Um, so they haven't played anybody. Super fun team to watch. They, You know, it's buckyball. They want to get up and down the court. But, you know, they get that huge win on the road. Now they come home to play Mercer, who's been bad. I mean, there's I'm not going to sit here and tell you Mercer's been good. Um, but they also have next up. I mean, this is their classic sandwich spot. So I think the line will, this is probably the peak of the market on Sanford and they could come out just a little flat knowing they can beat Mercer. They have Furman on deck and you might think like, ah, oh, Furman a little down this year, still a good team, but uh Furman swept them last year. And including in the regular season finale for, the conference title they want that game so I think this is peak of the market and uh on Sanford and you also you know it could get them just a little emotionally flat against Mercer and they could Mercer might go to force some turnovers and, and Mercer is super undersized like they have no size at all but so is Sanford so like there's their lack of size doesn't um doesn't really hurt here now, Sanford does press and play zone, which Mercer has been bad against both. But I just think we might get too high of a number here. And then another by low, I mean, Kansas State, turkey spot. They're, you know, they've been pretty lucky in a lot of close games. But they just beat Baylor, in OT. They have Houston and Iowa State on deck. Now they're hosting Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's only team winless in the Big 12. They've just been blown out in a couple straight. You'd think that they show up here uh they can defend near the rim that's what kansas state wants to do is just get to the rim and kansas state i mean no one can make a three against them. i think teams are shooting like 22 percent from three in lead play and they don't even they, they you know they underscreen. so like they're, they welcome threes there's one thing oklahoma state can do it's shoot the three they can defend the rim and shoot the three so that actually works in this matchup um and you know conference strength to schedule disparity kansas state's had a pretty easy one and uh, Oklahoma State also doesn't foul, and they can compete on the defensive glass. So that's important against Kansas State. So again, another team I'm not in love with, but I think it's a decent spot. And we might get just Kansas State a little, little flat, and I would assume Oklahoma State should be motivated here. Here's another one I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on: Clemson at Florida State. Little by, Florida State's one. I don't know. They're like in t- near the top of the ACC they've won right, six or seven in a row. Clemson's been a mess. They've lost four or five, but there's when you're going up against this Florida state team, there's very aggressive, hyper-aggressive defense. You can't turn it over. They're going to press a lot. Clemson doesn't turn it over. Clemson has graded out elite against the press You know, and they played teams like, you know, good press teams, like a team like Memphis, teams that, that are really pressure you bad uh, UAB. Um, and so they don't turn it over. They can handle the press. And I i mean, this has to be the bottom of the market. And you want to talk about regression. Clemson's shooting 29% from three in league play, dead last in the ACC. Opponents are shooting 43% from three, dead last in ACC's play. They've lost four or five. They, they should be seething after that double OT loss against Georgia Tech on Tuesday. Meanwhile, Florida State's coming off Back-to-back road wins, including a big road win against Miami. Um, I think this is probably the time to buy Clemson on the road. Randall, would you agree there?
2: Yeah, the only thing that worries me is that Clemson has Duke coming up after that. But I agree. Florida State is the team that you want to buy when they're they're cold and when you want to fade when they're hot. Uh, yeah, they have to – this is going to be a maximum spot for Clemson. It really is. So it's not going to feel great. But I agree, this is a great buy for Clemson in this spot against Florida State. You can't trust Florida State anytime, especially when they're going to be the favorite now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then I might look to buy Vautec, uh, Vatek Logan said sell NC State high. Um, NC State doesn't have the same explosive. They don't have the same playmakers on the perimeter. Burns might do some damage on the interior against Vatek, but um, I think we might get a decent number with Vatek. But that's all I got. Uh Good stuff gentlemen, went through a bunch of weekend games, Got even got some Friday and Sunday in there, added a future to the portfolio. So thank you as always to Mike and Mike for joining me. Thanks to our producer, David on the back end. Most importantly, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. We'll be back on Monday. Myself, Mike Calabrese and Greg Waddell for a weekend recap and a look at Monday and Tuesday. Guys from Three Man Weave as always, Their episodes will be out on Wednesday, BBOC Live. Stay tuned. We'll have details on that. We'll be coming up after football on Saturdays. But thanks for joining us. Leave a five-star review. We'll do giveaways. I promise I'll do them uh, next week. So just leave a five-star review. Don't care what you say. Those really help us out. But thanks for tuning in. Good luck this weekend. And we will see you next week. Cheers.